Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the church. Amen. I got quick, quick. We're going to jump right into it, my man. All right. We're going to jump right into this, y'all. All right. How, how, many, how many married couples do I have today? Raise your hand, please. All right. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. We're here to talk about marriage. How many single people do I have? Please raise your hand if you're single. Don't be ashamed. Just raise your dang hand. All right. There's a plan. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Check this out. We're here and we're going to talk about marriage. All right. And yes, it, you Single people need to hear this just as much as you marry people. We marry people need to hear this. Amen. So, 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 so let me ask you this, man, and don't answer this out loud. All right. Because somebody could be like, yeah, all right. Well, how, how is your marriage? I just got through telling you, don't answer. He says, I have to, I got to. All right. How is, how's your marriage really? I mean, think about that. I want you to be honest with yourself. I want you to be honest right here, all right? I need every minute on this timer, and it looks like they already started me five minutes ago. I don't know what's going on here, but anyways, all right? <laughs> they're, they're right. Don't worry about it. It's me. I go over, and I probably shouldn't talk so much in between, but anyways, all right? Here we go. Uh, I want us to be honest with that. We have to be honest with that, because if you would have asked Debbie and I that question about 12 years ago, all right, we might have changed the subject on you. We might have, we might have, did you ever do that? You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, just kind of change the subject, skirt around it or whatever. If you had asked her and I that question, uh, you know, if you, uh, you know, 12 years ago, we would, we would probably change the, 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 the subject on you. You see, because my, my, my attention, and it was right around when we were starting the church, and all of my attention and all of my intention was right here. And I have to agree with what Michael Todd said. He says, in my pursuit of a good thing, I was losing sight of a great thing. You ever, see, you ever do that? You ever think about that? All right, in my pursuit of a good thing, I was losing sight of a great thing. And so if I asked you, all right, how would you answer right now? I mean, really answer, truly. How would you, how would you change the subject on me? All right, would you skirt around it and try to come up with something different? How would you want to answer that question? All right, how do you wish you can answer that question? How's your marriage? How do you wish you can answer that? How do you want to answer And if you're single, all right, if you're single, how, when, when you do get married, how do you want to be able to answer that question at any given time? Not just in that first year, not in just that wedding day, but 50 years in, because you want 50 years in. How, how would you want to hope to answer that question? You see, people are getting more and more disillusioned with marriage, all right, these days. They're getting more and more, losing the understanding and not going in prepared, not coming in ready, not getting ready while you're in and staying ready. I don't know, today there's a big buzz, man, it's been for a little while now about do-it-yourself, DIY. You know, anybody watch any of the DIY programs? I love those, do-it-yourself. Well, there's do-it-yourself divorce now, right? And then the, and the DIY template companies have, have, have reported that there's a 34% increase in do-it-yourself divorces right now. It's kind of crazy. You see, marriage in America, you know, is still hitting pretty good, all right? Every year, it's estimated about 2.3 million people, million couples get married, which is pretty awesome. 2.3 uh, million, you know, couples are getting married. That's a big number. That's 43, that's over 43,000 marriages a week, over 6,000 marriages a day. 
But my question is, are they getting prepared and are they staying prepared? Why do I ask that? Because it's reported that there's over 870,000 divorces a year. 870,000 divorces a year. That's almost 17,000 a week. That's almost 2,500 a day. That's one divorce every 36 seconds. That's, that's, that's kind of crazy. By the time I finished this sermon, there would already been about 70 to 75 divorces. If that estimation, you know, considering that estimation. And people say, well, this is, it's just as bad in the church, right? It's just as bad in the church as it is outside the church, man. And I'm not sure it has to be, but I know there was a, a former divorce attorney, Terry Newoff, she did this, 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 uh, this assessment and basically was going through some churches and uh, she wanted to do a survey asking them to rate their marriage in the church, all right? One group, you know, the, the general consensus, they gave their marriage a C plus. I think we can do better. Another group was a 5.5 on a scale of 10, 5.5. The top issues that they were having were lack of intimacy and feeling disconnected. Basically a decline in commitment and it doesn't have to be that. We need to show them a better picture, amen? That's a good place for an amen. Amen, right on, all right. That's what I'm talking about. Because there, we know that there's a big, at least here, I, I know that you guys know that there's a big difference from being in a church service and being the church, amen? Big difference, right? right? And it is, it is loyalty to a Lord that is not you, amen? It is submission to a mission that is not your mission, amen? Praise the Lord. What's up, man? We need, we, need to, we need to change the landscape. We need to change the picture, man. You know, this is our picture to the world. What are, you will, what are you willing to do to change this? I'm talking to married and single couples. Single couples. Yeah, well, single couples, whatever. Married and single alike. Just go with me, all right? Just act like I know what I'm talking about. Hmm? All right? I love what Terry Newoff said. She said, your marriage, okay, who's talking to the church? She's talking to the church. Your marriage might be the most vital gospel you preach. Your marriage might be the most vital gospel you preach. Debbie and I were challenged with a question, and we had to do something about this. How does the gospel in your marriage, how does it look and sound to you? How does the gospel in your marriage, we were both challenged with that. How does the gospel in your marriage look and sound to you? How does it look and sound to your kids? Because if the gospel doesn't look, the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't look and sound like good news, even in your marriage, then it's not the gospel. Do you understand that? The gospel means good news. All right? And, and if the gospel, all right, if the gospel in your marriage doesn't look and sound like the gospel to you or to your kids, all right, it doesn't look and sound like good news, then, then, it's, then it's not the gospel. You know what it is, man? It's time for marriage to start looking and sounding like good news. Amen? It is time for marriage to start looking and sounding like good news. And we're just people that get it done, ain't we? Amen? Ain't we? Praise the Lord. Father, we give you the praise, Lord God. We give you the honor and we give you the glory. Guide us, Lord God, to just help us stand, Lord God.
for your glory. Our marriage, Lord God, is not separated from you. It is in you, Lord God, and help us to recognize that. Our potential marriage is not separated from you, but in you, Lord God. Father, our lives are not separated in any part from you, but in you, so help us to understand in Jesus' name. Check this out. A while back, Jesus was, 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 was on the scene, right, and he was doing his thing. He was preaching. He was teaching. He was doing miracles. Everybody was tripping, all right, and in Mark chapter 10, the people were gathering around him, and he was teaching. And he was just laying it down, boop, 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 just coming out with all kinds of cool stuff. Everybody was engaged, all right? And then some Pharisees came in, and they started to just shake it up a little bit, all right? They tried to, they tried to catch him up in a freeze. And, and in Mark chapter 2, or chapter 10, verse 2, says the Pharisees came up in order to test him, all right? They tried to catch him sleeping, right? but it ain't, ain't going to happen. And here was their question. Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? You know what? They were asking all the wrong questions already. They're testing with the wrong question. I believe that your problem isn't that you don't understand divorce, but you don't understand marriage. All right, you gotta reconsider what you're saying here. The real question should be, what did God intend by giving marriage to us in the first place? And Jesus challenged them. He says, well, you know, what did Moses command you? Jesus knew what he was talking about. He knew what the law said. He knew what the word of God said. And they came out with their word. Okay, well, you know, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce to send her away. He, he, he gave us an opportunity to just, to just crush it if we didn't like it. The men, not the women. It was kind of crazy. Jesus said, look at man, let me just remind you where, where this is all at. It wasn't literally a command, all right? He says, but because of the hardness of your heart, all right, he wrote this. He wrote this commandment out because of the hardness. Because, you know, the herder has no problem hurting. And sometimes the hurt, the hurtee, the one being hurt, has a hard time forgiving. And so our hearts get all real hard, man. And we just get all caught up and bowed up and we're like, done. And it's easier to walk away than it is to work. It's easier to walk away than it is to work. Let me just, let me just remind you of something though, man. And this is, you know, and I believe Christ will totally agree with this, man. If you're being physically abused, get out fast. Get out fast. If you're being mentally abused, get out and get help. All right, verbally abused, emotionally abused. If you're being spiritually abused, get out and get help, man. I've talked many times, I've talked to people and they say, well, you know, there was this abuse, but you know, it's okay. No, it's not okay. All right, it is never okay. Do you got that? Think about that. Women, all right, it, it is never okay. It's okay. It's just the way he is. Or sometimes she just gets crazy. You know what I mean? It is not okay. Abuse, hurt, pain, stress is never okay. Do you got that? God never says, you know what? Sometimes you got to slap them around. Sometimes you got to slap her around. Sometimes you just got to verbally put them in their place. God never said that. It is never Ever. Okay, do we got that? Okay, good. Let's talk about marriage. <laughs> Jesus said this in verse six. He says, let me just kind of lay it down for you really quickly. He says, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. From the beginning of creation, I don't know if you recognize, God created mankind for on purpose for a purpose. 
all right? And he said that, that when he created man, all right, he created man, you know, got some dirt, all right, whoop, blew it in, dudes went, whoa, all right? He's tripping, right? Wouldn't you be tripping if you were just dirt two seconds ago? All of a sudden, you're walking around going, wait a second, you know what I mean? I got these, everything's working. It's kind of crazy. He created man, all right? And you know what the first thing he did with man? The very first thing he did with men, men, every man needs to hear this. The very first thing that he gave, he did with man is he gave him a job. Get a job, all right? <laughs> Straight up, all right? The very first, he put him in the garden to start working the garden and tending the garden, all right? Get a dang job. Then when the dude had a job, all right? He said it's not good for him to be alone, all right? He made a perfect dude, made the perfect man, but we need to make him imperfect. We need to take a piece out of him, put him to sleep, all right? And we took a piece out of him and created this woman and then basically got Adam and said, hold on, hold on, don't look, don't look, don't look, wait, come over here, come over here. This is gonna be awesome, are you ready? <gasps> yeah, what? Are you kidding me? Then he got a job, and he gave him a wife. That's why he said, for the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast, hold tight. Come on, man, we need to hold tight. Hold tight to his wife. A, uh, Charlie was telling me about this sailor's thing where you know, they talk about these, night, these, these, these knots, they have to hold fast because if these knots come loose, we die. If these knots come loose, man, this whole thing falls apart and it wasn't made to fall apart, amen? He says, and the two shall become one flesh. This is the mystery, but this is the amazing thing. This is God's standard for marriage. People ask, what is God's standard for marriage? They pull out their pen. Okay, you got a notebook. You want to write this down, man. God's standard for marriage. Are you ready? One flesh. Boom, done. Find that out. Pursue that. God's standard for marriage is one flesh. And they will come, and they're no longer two, but one I mean, he made Adam in his image and then he split him in two and then he brings us back together, amen? I mean, that is the most amazing, mind-blowing thing in the world. But that's how God, that's his intention for marriage. And then in verse nine, what therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. Too easy, have we forgotten and we have dismissed what God has joined together, that no man should separate. We're still in our series of Ephesians chapter 5. We're, we're, we're in Ephesians chapter 5. Still, still through our, our, our season. Our, uh, hey, let me start that over again. We are still in our <laughs> sermon series, Ephesians, a firm foundation. All right? And we are in chapter five and we're talking some, there's some crazy verses we're going to go over, but I'm going to need some help with this. This is why we got some chairs out there. And I want to introduce you guys to some people, some of you already know oh, them or not, but they, these are my marriage mentors. This is who Debbie and I like to watch and imitate. All right. So if you could give a, a warm welcome for Chris and Sandy Kingler, please. Right on. Give me a hug. Hey, brother. Right on. What's up, my man? Hey, baby. How you doing? Good. Hey, man. Um, so just uh, real quickly, how, how long have you guys been married? 
37 years. 37 years. Pretty dang good. I could have answered that. <laughs> you could have answered that. Well, all right. Yeah. So, Chris, how long have you guys been married? 37 years. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Right on, man. Uh, let me ask you, man, because I like watching you guys, man, and uh, you guys are, are fun to watch on a bunch of different levels. I mean, you guys, you guys have been married for 37 years. You guys work together, which is in, in, you know, very intense for a lot of couples, uh, but you handle that well. You... Uh, you, uh, you know, you raised an amazing family, amazing home, and, you know, uh, you got a lot of respect from a lot of people around you, and all the people that know you, they love you. Uh, I know that. Mm. And your marriage has just been a beacon. It's been a beacon to Debbie and I. We've told you this often. Debbie and I have told you often how your marriage has been just like a beacon to us. But let me ask you this. Why do you think, why do you think that, that marriage is just, is just so important to God? Why do you think it's just so important? I mean, marriage should be important to us. I mean, we should, we, we, it's actually very important that day of. But why do you think it's so important to God? You want to answer it? I believe, just from what I understand from the Word, that marriage is a picture of bride and Christ. Uh, Christ, I'm sorry, Christ and the bride, which is the church, the body. Praise the Lord. So it's a picture of like the relationship between Jesus Christ and the church that he died for and that church, you know, being with him and just and submitting in there. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Yeah. But you got anything on that? Well, yeah, I, I, I see the same picture too. And uh, um, there, there's just so much in scripture that bodes to marriage. And it's, uh, um, you know, we, we become when that one flesh, you know, that's always kind of, it's, you know, even in Ephesians, it says it's a mystery, but it really isn't. It's an, uh, it's with Christ in the middle of your marriage, the covenant of marriage, um, you become one organism with Christ in the middle, the cement. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. This is from a guy and a gal that grow organisms for a living. It's pretty wild. Yeah. You ever been to Christopher's Garden? That they, anyways, Same but different. Yeah. Some of you are watching online. They, 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 are, uh, they own a nursery here. And how, how long has your nursery been in town? 45, 45 years. years. 45 years. Shameless plug, but it's pretty awesome. All right. So, all right. So we want to get into some of the scripture here in Ephesians. And uh, it's some pretty crazy words. And a lot of times it's crazy because there's words to the wife and words to the husband. And a lot of times the words to the wife, the men are like, yes, all right? But, you know, it's like, it's not your verse. It's, it's the women's verse. And the words to the husband, a lot of the women are like, yeah, I told you. And it's not their verse, it's the husband. So I would like to take a moment to kind of go over some of the crazy scripture we have here in Ephesians. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a, a few verses and then, Sandy, I want you to kind of open this up because you guys have already, many of you have already read this before. Uh, some of you might be hearing it for the first time. But this is what the scriptures teach as, he go, as Paul goes into this teaching about marriage. All right. He, he begins in chapter 21, I mean, verse 21, where he says, submitting to one another out of reverence for, uh, to the Lord. I'll get to that in a minute. But then he goes on, he says, wives, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, he says, wives, submit to your own husbands, which is already crazy. All right, at least in as our world standards today, in this culture. All right, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Jesus is the church's savior. Now, as the church submits to Jesus, so Christ, so also wives submit in everything to their husbands. That's kind of, that's kind of like not normal today, like you just mentioned. Can you give me your narrative, basically, on this text? And, and So I was very blessed to be raised by a 
you know, a mom and dad, and my mom was, was submissive to my dad. My dad was known in our household as the head of the household at all times. So I was really fortunate to have that. I know a lot of young ladies don't have that good fortune, um, and I would love to share that with people. Um, but as I grew in my walk, and then in our marriage, it, you know, my first um, submission is to the Lord. And all scriptures, God be, that if God tells me to submit to my man, by golly, who am I to refuse that or, or to, to act any differently than that? And it, it's a, again, order in the household, it's so much better when you do it in God's order. When you do it in God's order. Yeah. When you let the man lead. Yeah. And it's not, you know, submission is not, you're a doormat, ladies. Um, yeah, explain that. I mean, like, because like, it sounds like, okay, I just like, whatever you want. Yeah, roll over, play He can and just no. come in there and just kind of no, slap I, I, everybody around. No, because you, you have a voice. It's not like you're a non, non-entity. But in the end, and, and I mean, speak your mind. You have to be honest and open with each other. But in the end, there are times you do just have to submit and say, yeah, yeah. You got this, because I know that he has my best interest at heart, our family's best interest at heart. He is, he's my provider, my protector, and my lover. It's, it's, it, he's, he, also, he's made it very easy to submit because he loves me well. That's important. Yeah. I, you know, and I think that like, like for a young lady who's considering marriage or something like that, uh, you know, you know. This is probably not one of the questions I gave you, but I mean, um, why is it important for them, like, to be involved in the premarital council? I mean, why is it? How? I guess how? How? Like, why eyes wide open should we be into this? Because if we're going, if you're a child of God, if you're a daughter of the King, mm-hmm. and you're going into marriage and you're going to obey this, shouldn't they be very selective in who they marry? Absolutely, and it's so easy to get caught up in the lust of the moment when you're attracted to somebody physically and and all the things that they are. But man, you gotta look deeper. You have to, you know, look at their background. How how do they treat their parents? How do they background checks? <laughs> we'll help you with that. Yeah. Look at their background. Look at their parents. Yeah, but uh, see how they treat people. You know, are are they are they kind to their like, like this guy won me over bringing his grandmother to the restaurant that I was working at. Bring, Bring her in for dinner one that, night. That's when you guys first, when yeah. you guys were first meeting. Yes, and I just melted. Sweet little granny, and I was cold, blustery April evening. So grandmas, <laughs> there's, a, there's a good word for your kids. Hey, you want to win over her? Take me to dinner. All right, <laughs> guys, there's a good way to get your girl. Take your grandma with you. It speaks and, volumes. And truth be known, I was cheap. It was the early bird special. So. <laughs> Which is okay. I actually, as I get older, I like eating earlier. So, <laughs> no problem. All right. So, okay, any, any last words for, for, for a young lady, uh, you know, entering, you know, uh, how to, why obedience is, is not dependent on her husband, basically? Oh, my gosh. Again, I go back to my, my first obedience is to the Lord. And so I, I want to please him. And I know that by treating my husband well, being, um, just being a good partner it is pleasing to him. Isn't and it, it does Okay. I read this thing long ago. I heard this thing that my, marriage wasn't created to make me happy. It was created to make me holy. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Write that down. <laughs> we don't even have, we should have had a slide for that. It's not created to make me happy, it's created to make me holy. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Remember that. But I mean, when, when you're walking with the Lord and, and you're being obedient, I think it, just a natural spin-off is being happy. Can I read your scripture real quick? Absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, 1 Peter 3, first couple of verses. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Now, what, what scripture was that? 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. 1 Peter 3, 1 and 2. Write that down, guys. Praise the Lord. Chris, thank you. That was awesome. Chris, <laughs> the scriptures tell us, he goes on to say, and I think he gives a word for husbands, all right, because, like, I love what she said. She, you make it easy for her to be that, that woman and that obedience in, in the household. Um, he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of, of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Can you kind of give your narrative on that text? Whoa. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> buy a vowel. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's, that's, a, um, that's a lot. It, it is... But it isn't, you know, you, you talk about in First John, God being love. Um, and if you've made a covenant, and we really, when our wedding vows were truly a covenant with God. Mm-hmm. And when you've made that covenant, it's, you have God in the middle of your relationship. And if God is love, it is easy to love. At least it should be for a guy. You know, it's, it's not a normal um, they say it's not normal for guys to be, you know, love, and it's, but it's women crave that emotion and love, and so really that that scripture in Ephesians is kind of an in-kind relationship. If the man loves the woman, the natural inclination for the woman is to respect the man. So it's it's basically keeping your your house, you know, with with love and. Uh, um, and in loving your own body, you know, I, and I guess it's kind of interesting too, because this is the the standard. This is the model that Christ gives us for everything in life. And you look at marriage all through this scripture, and Christ is in the middle of it. And if Christ is love, we should be that should be the natural inclination to to love. And and it's not that God wasn't a warrior too. I mean, it it allows us to be. The warriors in our own homes and, and fight for our marriage. And does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. And so <clears throat> in, this, in this sacrificial love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if it's sacrificial is a good word for it. You love your, because he says, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for their, so it wasn't maybe that, it was, it was a giving. Mm-hmm. It's a giving type of love. And so, um, you know, I, I often, uh, when I talk to you and Sandy's not around, it's as if she is around, the way you talk. The way you talk, you, you know, you, you, you talk about her like she's always in the room. 
<coughs> excuse me, you call her your girlfriend all the time. And a couple of times when I first, you know, heard you say that, I was like, wait a second, has he got a girlfriend? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, and it didn't take me long to realize, okay, yeah, no, this is, this is still your girlfriend. Um, why, why do you, why do you, let me ask you, why do you say that still? Why do you still use that term? I mean, you guys have been married 36, because, 37. You know, 37 years. You know, I guess it's, it's kind of an enigma for me because um, God blessed me with a wonderful woman right off the hop. And you were talking about being judicious in, in who you choose. You know, I look back and uh, when I was courting and she got in the garage, sorry for animal rights people, but she got in the garage and butchered the deer with me. And I go, just give me the papers. I'm in love. You know, I need this one in my life. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah. been, it's, it's been a beautiful walk. You know, the nice thing is that we, we weren't unequally yoked, though. Explain that. Well, um, we both knew God, loved God, and at an early age came to um, serve, serve God and have a passion for you know, our God. And with, by placing that in the middle of our relationship, I just don't see how you couldn't naturally love the individual, you know? Praise the Lord. We have fun. Yeah. Praise we the have Lord. Fun we too. have fun. And, but, you know, that's the funny thing, too, is that they, you know, uh, it seems like the secular world wants to make marriage look like it's a, a negative, you know? And the bottom line is, it's been a blast. We were, we were poor. We've had a blast when we're where we're at right now, we still have a blast in life. Quick blurb. Yeah. Um, Amplified Bible at the end of the, um, that first Peter verse, the Amplified Bible said, enjoy your husband. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy and each I think other. we forget that. Yeah. We forget to enjoy our, our, our marriages. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, we, and it's like together we see what we can enjoy that way, but we need to be able to enjoy it this way yeah. toward one another. Praise the Lord. Well, he finishes with, uh, well, he didn't finish, but I mean, we'll go on next week with more of this. Um, and by, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31, he says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother. He repeats what Christ repeated as Adam repeated as was written from the first. Mm -hmm. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church, which you were actually alluding to, a picture of Jesus in the church. Uh, However, let each, of, each of one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Um, why do you think the, 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 the husband loves your wife? And he doesn't tell the wife, husband to respect her wife. He doesn't have to tell the wife to, to love her husband. Why do you think he goes there, Sandy? Why don't you the way, I think just the way God made men that men are wired to, um, for respect. That's it. And that's how they naturally respond to people, is how they, they tend to respect, because they crave it. And women crave love. They're wired to love. So God had to tell us, you need to love her because she needs it. And woman, you need to respect him, because that's what feeds him. That's what keeps him going. And it took me... It took me some years to, to train myself to say things to him. I thought a lot of good things all the time, but I had to remember to verbalize those things because it matters. Can't say it any better. Wow, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike. Hey, She's going to be preaching next week. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you guys so much for Thanks. sharing just that quick brief insight. There's so much more to talk about. Yeah. But you also uh, lead. Give us a plug on, on, on what you guys lead here at the church, what do you guys lead? Pre-marriage classes. They're fun. 
We, we, we call it a pre-marriage class, but in essence, uh, we have lots of married couples that uh, go through it. And it's just uh, basically um, an marriage enrichment. We give you lots of tools to put in your belt to pull out when things get lucky. So yeah. when you hear those come around, man, and you want to, you know, get some, your batteries recharged or whatever in that area, man, this is a good, sh good spot to do it. Give it up for these guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, check this out. Uh, last week, um, Pastor Justin shared a few verses with us, and I just want to use this to wrap us up, all right, um, because uh, it kind of, it's, 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 it's what, what precedes this scripture that we just went through uh, was Ephesians chapter 5 through uh, 15 through verse 21, and I want us, and, he, and he's speaking to the church, but then he immediately goes right into marriage, into the scriptures that we just talked about in Ephesians. Let me just read through this so you can kind of get the gist, all right? He says, look carefully then how you walk, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, all right? Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, all right, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing, what if we applied this right here to our marriages, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your hearts, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another, out of reverence for Christ. He begins, he's, that's, that's the verse right before he says, wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, you know, uh, you know love your wives the way, the way that Christ loves the church. He talks about mutual submission. And I think we always get the word submission wrong. Submission, submission. He's, he's not, the submission is actually underneath the mission. Submission is being underneath the mission, not your mission, not her mission, not anybody else. His mission, being un submission out of reverence for Christ, he says this, submitting to one another out of reverence to Christ. The submission underneath the overall mission, which is his mission. What if, what if the marriage, I know some of us have been married, you know, uh, you know, have divorces in our past, and this is not a sermon to beat you up for that. This is a sermon that, that is basically challenging you to take action now. All right, what, how about the marriage that you're in now? Be the last one, all right? Uh, be the one that lasts, and be the, one, the last one that you're in. Be the last marriage you ever have, and be the marriage that actually lasts a lifetime. How about that? Or the marriage you're, you're, you're considering, the, or the marriage that, you know, you, you know, that, that might be on the horizon for you. How about you prepare that for life? I love having that testimony. You know, 37 years is an anomaly this, this day and age. Debbie and I, we've known each other for over 35 years, I think. And we finally got married when we gave our lives to Christ 26 years ago, 25 years ago. I better get that right. She's in the next service. 25 years. Yes, 25 years ago. I know when we got married, too. <laughs> All right. I remember those, but but, but we, we want to set a record, man. We want to set records in marriage. And so how are we going to do that? 
submitting out of one another to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of the reverence for Christ. So a few things I want to challenge you to, three things I want you to take home with you. All right. Number one, put the gospel back in your marriage. Put the gospel of Jesus Christ back into your marriage, all right? Making your marriage a picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ who gave his life, all right, for the church and the church lives to bring Christ's glory. This is what we're gonna do. Our marriage is, our marriages are gonna be a picture of the gospel so that a world around you can say, well, how come nobody in that building over there, all those freaks that meet in that building, how come none of them are getting divorces anymore, all right? because they put the gospel back in their marriage, all right? They take their faith seriously. They read their Bibles regularly. And together, they'll talk about what they're reading, all right? They'll pray privately, worship privately, pray together, worship together, all right? They'll be in services together, church services. Not as perfect disciples, but real ones. What do we put the gospel back in your marriage? Number two, all right, I want you to pursue emotional intimacy, as well as physical. Physical, man, we got that part down, all right? What about the emotional intimacy? An oncologist, oncologist was, was doing a talk one time, and he was sharing about bedside manner. We're pretty good with our manners in bed, but are we good with our bed, bedside manners? Think about this. The oncologist was saying that, you know what? When you have a patient, and you have to come and bring them some crazy news about their health, you know what I mean? It might be terminal, or just this is going to be a lifelong condition, all right? And then you start going immediately into the treatment. You've lost them. When you share this crazy news and then start going immediately into this treatment, well, we can do this, we can do this, you've lost them. He says good bedside manners is when you share this news and you pause and you look at them and say, I know, I'm sorry, it sucks. And you empathize them with it for a minute. And then you share, what, but together we can do this and this and try this. You connect on that emotional, you've gained their trust. Pursue emotional intimacy as well as physical. And finally, break out of solitary confinement. All right, the harshest, the, 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 the most, the, the, the end line punishment, all right, for, for crime offenses today is the death penalty, right? That's it, that's what I mean, you can't get any harder than that, all right? But second to that is solitary confinement. Solitary confinement is, 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 is not, Obviously, it's not fun. Okay, that was stupid. It's totally not fun. Don't try it, all right? It's not fun, all right? It isn't. But it's crazy how we put ourselves in our marriages in solitary confinement. Break out of solitary confinement. How are you going to do that? Start to see one another again. Let each of the other know that you're looking at each other. Debbie and I were talking to a couple the other day, and it was crazy. Every time we talked to them, they'd, and they started talking, they'd look right at each other, and we're like, wow. Are we even here in the room? We're like, whoa. It was just really, it was really awesome to watch. They see one another. So breaking out of solitary confinement, see one another and speak to one another. Talk about things. I know you come home, man, and you're spent. I know that the world is just kind of dry. It's crazy, but you need to start talking to one another. Make yourself talk to one another and then submit to one another, amen? Put the gospel back in your marriage. 
Pursue intimacy, emotional intimacy, not just physical. Physical as well is important. And break out of solitary confinement. Amen? Praise the Lord. Once again, I want you to read the scriptures we've been going through. Read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. I want you to check our work. I want you to check your work, all right? And then you got to trust his work. Amen? We got the easy part done. Come on. Praise the Lord.